something that he's going to say. It might be the last word he speaks at the end of the message. It might be the first five words at the beginning of the message. But he's going to speak something to me that's going to be for me. The rest of it might be for the rest of you all, but there's something. There's always something, some little nugget that I can grab a hold of and say, okay, maybe something I've been praying about, maybe something that God's already been dealing with me about somewhere else and that God just sends the man of God to confirm, yep, that's me talking to you, right? So I say all that to say God has, God spoke this to me. I had, uh, it, it's all from God, and so God's got something for somebody today. If you'll just uh, enter into this, believing that and re- and expect to receive something, when 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 a husband takes his wife to the pregnant wife to the hospital, he's expecting to see something in that window, right? Boy or girl, or more than one, you know. He's expecting. They say that the wife is expecting, right? So they're expecting to see something. So we come. If we come with an expectation like that, we will receive from God. Amen? Everybody put your shovels away. No shovels allowed. You're not allowed to shovel it back behind to the guy behind you. Okay? Fair enough? Amen. Let's turn in our Bibles this uh, this morning to Mark chapter 16, verse 14. We're going to read 14 through 20. Amen. Mark chapter 16, verse 14 through 20. And I so appreciate Brother Parker and Sister Parker leaving the responsibility of all this to to us. And I don't mean just me and my wife, but all of us. that They trust us and trust God to take care of things. Amen. So that they can go be blessed and be ministered to and be and get some rest in their mind and their spirit and their body. Amen. Enjoy some warm weather <laughs> and mosquitoes. <laughs> they're down south, so they're dealing with mosquitoes. We're not. Hallelujah. You gotta look on the bright side sometimes. Mark 16, four, verse 14 starts with, Afterward he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Everybody say, That's me. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after that the Lord had spoken unto them, he said he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And verse 20 says, and they went. Everybody say, and they went. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following Amen. What does that amen mean? It means so be it. Amen. And so, amen. Uh, let's just pray real quickly over the, the remainder of this service before we go forward. Lord, we love you today. 
Thank you for the opportunity to be your vessel today. I thank you for the opportunity to be your voice and your conduit, Lord, to speak to this people, Lord. Minister through me, God, to them. Lord, give their hearts and minds the ability to receive and to understand and comprehend what you have for them today. In Jesus' name, everybody said in Jesus' name. And you can be seated this morning. And they went. Is the words that I'm going to key on in this scripture. And they went. You know, they, they were the followers of Jesus and he spent almost three years training and teaching and ministering to these guys and doing things in front of them to show them what to do and how to do it. And he got to the point where he went to the, the cross and was, and was crucified and they went through all that with with Peter showing up at the door and them going, no, it's just a spirit. No, it's really me. And they went through all that. And all the people that saw Jesus walking around after his resurrection and these guys, where did they go? They went back to the little, to a little room somewhere. They were kind of in hiding, right? Because it says there that Jesus went into the room with them and he upbraided them with their unbelief. He, he kind of, Gave, read them the riot act, if you want to say it that way, about, they did, cause it says that they didn't even believe those that said they saw him. And he was like, guys, you are those, you are the guys, you are them. You are my ambassadors. I need you to go out there and begin to take this thing into the next level. Cause it was going to the next level. And he told them, he said, he told them exactly what they were going to do. They shall take up serpents and they shall drink no deadly thing and it shall not hurt them and they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. This is what you're going to do. This is what all of your training has, the consummation of everything that I've taught you up to this point. This is what it's all about. This is Luke writing, or excuse me, Mark. This is just prior to the day of Pentecost. So he's telling these guys, okay, and then he tells them all this stuff. He upbraids them. He reads them the riot act. And he says, come on, guys. It's like the coach in the, in, the, in the locker room at halftime giving his team that pep talk. Come on, guys. I know we're down three touchdowns, but we can still win. And teams have done that, haven't they? Haven't they? And everybody's shaking their heads going, how did they do that? Because they came out of that locker room with a determination. We're gonna, we are not going to just lay down and die and say we lost. Oh, well. We're going to go out there fighting for everything we can get. And so that's what he was trying to put in them, I believe. Come on, guys. You are the ambassadors. You are the ones that are going to launch this thing that I call the church that I'm going to build through you. And so it says that soon after they, the Lord had spoken to them, so after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven. So he gave them this pep talk, and then he left. And left them all standing there. <laughs> what would you say? <laughs> now what do we do? Well, they, they took him seriously. Because it says in the next verse, and they went forth. And they went. They went forth. Preached everywhere. Well, that's been the theme today, hasn't it? Everywhere. Everywhere in this world, somebody's having church. Not just us. All over the state of Wisconsin, they're having church. People are getting filled with the Holy Ghost. Sister 
Linda read about those missionaries in, in Uganda, the, the Tolsteads and all these people. There's people all over the state of Illinois, the state of Iowa, the state of Minnesota, and all over this country that are having church, and people are getting filled with the Holy Ghost, and people are standing in baptismal tanks, and they're being baptized in Jesus' name, and people are getting the light turned on in their life. And they're getting the revelation and understanding of who Jesus is, and they're going, oh, i got to be baptized. Get me there as quickly as you can. There's people standing in lakes and bodies of water in Wisconsin today because the church doesn't have a baptismal tank, and they're being baptized in Jesus' name. You do whatever you got to do. And so these disciples went, and they went, preached everywhere, The Lord working with them. They didn't just go by themselves. They didn't go out on their own accord. They didn't just take it upon themselves and say, oh, we got this. The Lord was with them. And this was before they even had the Holy Ghost. Wow. He was empowering his disciples to do things before they even had really had the power of God in the name of Jesus in their life. Can God do that? Yeah, He can do anything He wants. That was unique for that time. And so they were going to the next level, as I already said. But it wouldn't end with these 11 in this room, would it? It would not end. This group of men would go out of that room, as it says here, they went forth, and they changed the world around them forever. Right? Because, well, we'll get into that in a minute. Because there's way more than 11 people that are a part of the apostolic church today, aren't there? (laughs) Way more. Maybe 11 million But there's way more. And why is that? Why? Because they went forth. They said, okay, all right, we just got, we just got a beat down from Jesus. Now, okay, all right, all right, right, we get it. We, you're right, Jesus, we're wrong. Jesus was right whether they said that or not. But that's what their actions said. Okay, 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 we get it. We will go. We don't understand it all. We, We can't explain it. He didn't ask him to explain it or understand it. He just told them to go. And they did it. And the Lord worked with them, confirming the word that he told them. The word, what what word? That he just told them, you're going to do all this stuff. He confirmed it. I'm with you. He told them in one place, and I shall be in you. So they, even though this was a, this was an awesome time in their, their walk and their ministry and their life. They weren't done. They had no clue what was about to come. They, they had heard about the promise of the Father, but they had no idea what they were about to go through in an upper room with a bunch of other people. In Acts chapter 2, verse 41 to 47, it says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 Souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayers. 
and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Didn't Jesus just say that? There you go. And they all believed and were together and had all things common. Didn't we just talk about that in adult discipleship? And sold their possessions. Again, here we go again with that. And goods imparted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they didn't stay in one place. They, they, they did meet in the temple, but they went from house to house. They took this thing out, out, away from the temple. That's what his whole premise was. That's what he did in front of them. He went everywhere. Those guys followed him everywhere. It was like, does this guy ever stop? Does he ever sit down? Does he ever rest? He went from boat to this to that. He just walked everywhere and went on, got on boats and wasn't telling them where he was going and he would just get there and he would get off the boat and he didn't say, okay guys, let's go. He'd just start walking. And they're looking at you, I guess we need to follow him. And he just did that. He was trying to give them a principle. And where did he go? He went around to all the people that nobody wanted to be around. The sinners, the tax collectors, the poor. The lame, the halt. He even went around the Pharisees and the scribes. He went right into their house and preached this gospel to them. Because he loved them too. He didn't want to see them lost. He was a little more stern with them because he was trying to break through that religious tradition spirit that had their minds blinded. There's nothing, nothing that, it wasn't wrong, it was the Mosaic law, but he was trying to break through that and say, I've come to fulfill that law. You, do, you, you all haven't been reading your, your Torah. I am he, I am, I'm Isaiah 9 and 6. I'm that guy. He was reaching for everybody. Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. All because 11 guys obeyed God and did what he told them to do. And they went out. And they went. Acts chapter 2, verse 8 through 11 says, And how hear we, how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers of Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt and all the parts of Libya, from Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our, in our tongues the wonderful works of God. So there were all those nationalities there on the day of Pentecost that were all Jewish, but they came from their own cities and their own countries, right? And so it doesn't really say who the 3,000 were, does it? It just says 3,000 were added to the church that day, right? It does say that, right? Right? And so I believe that some of those 3,000 had to be some of those people that we just named, those people in those nations and cities and all those places. So somebody from every one of those cities was in that group of 3,000. Right? And they were only in Jerusalem for just for the Pentecost, the, the day of Pentecost. They didn't stay there. Where did they go? They went back home. They went from house to house, breaking bread and having fellowship with all the people. They went. 
They fellowshiped from house to house. That doesn't mean they just got together and ate. They did do that. But in the midst of all their fellowship with people they were accustomed to spending time with, family, business associates, and all these kind of people, they could not wait to get back home and so they could get to all those people like Brother Parker talked about going to work that Monday morning, a totally different man than he left on Friday in that military office where he was after getting the Holy Ghost. It was so profound, he could not wait. It was like, it was like, but he was busting at the seams to get there so he could tell somebody, right? And that's how these people were. And they went from house to house. Just like those 11 disciples, they went. They didn't keep it to themselves. These new converts, new converts went from house to house. Amen? And they just, they just saturated everywhere they went with the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who would listen to them. But the key was is that they went. Amen? 2 Timothy 1, verse 7 through 9 says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, or a spirit of timidity, but a, but a power of love and of a sound mind. He didn't just give them something that they, so that they could walk away and go, I got the Holy Ghost, but I don't know what it is. I don't know how to use it. No. They, they knew they had something. They knew they had power. And they knew, you know, the Holy Ghost, I already said this today, he talks to us. And I believe he was talking to them and telling them what to do. Because their minds were, their, their minds were ready. They were, they were so, they had so laid everything down to come and receive this that they were ready for God to use them. And God didn't wait for them to get a college degree in, in biblical studies. And I'm sorry, but they did not have a Bible. Okay? They did not have a King James Version Bible and a little nice Bible cover like this. They didn't. So how did they know, how did they know what to preach? They didn't have a computer or an iPad or any of that stuff. How did they know? As new converts, how did they know what to preach? Word of mouth. Most of those people couldn't even read. Okay? So even if there was scrolls, even if there was a Bible, they couldn't use it. Everything was done by word of mouth. Only the scholarly people like Paul were able to read and write and do all that stuff. So these new converts, they went out and they turned their world, the Bible says, upside down. Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony. We're going to talk about that in about three weeks of the Lord. Nor of his, of me his prisoner, be, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. According to the power of God. Who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given unto us in Christ Jesus before the world began. It's his plan. It's his will. He'll tell you what to say. 
He, what did he tell those disciples? Don't think about what you're going to say when you get hauled before the court or hauled before whatever. Don't worry about what you're going to say. I'll give you what to say when you get there. When the time is right, I'll give you what to say. Why do you think it's so important that we put this word, hide this word in our heart? Because if you've got it in there, and I'm not uh, memorizing scripture is good, but I, when it, when, when, the way that my brain works, the way I memorize is when I start applying that scripture to my life every day. That's when it sticks for me. So there's, there's scriptures out there that we read that God gives to us and it's, we feel that when we read it and that's God convicting us saying, I want you to pay attention to this right here because you need to do this or you need to not do this or whatever it is he's trying to tell us. Amen. Romans 1, 15 through 16 says, So as much as in me is, Paul speaking, I am ready to preach the gospel. I'm ready to go. They went, and they went. Paul's saying, and, and Paul's been doing ministry up to this point, and so he's telling the church at Rome, he says, So as much as in me is, everything that I've been through up to this point, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. God's taken me to the next level. He's moving me to another place where I'm not in my comfort zone anymore, and I'm going to a place where I'm, things are going to be new all over again. For I am not ashamed. I'm not timid. I'm not cowering from the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God. It's the dunamis. It's the supernatural ability of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. This, Paul's saying this thing is powerful, and if God can use me in Corinth, he can use me here. If God can use me to, to, to preach to the Gentiles, He can use me here. If God, God's no respect for persons. If He's called me, He's going to equip me. Because it's all about what He told those 11 men and what they did after He talked to them and they, and what it, what it was that they did. They went. This same word, preach and preach the gospel, is the same word, that was used in the beginning of Acts 8 and was at the time when, when the Christians were first scattered abroad and went, went about preaching the word. We find that in the book of cha- uh, Acts chapter 8, verse 1 through 4. Acts 8, 1 through 4 says, and, and Saul was consenting unto death, unto his death. And at the time there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. Everybody was scattered but the apostles. They were still hanging out in the same town. (laughs) Come on, guys. Pack your stuff. Go somewhere else. Stop sitting in your comfort zone. Except the apostles. Didn't they learn their lesson? And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. For as for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. Therefore, they were scattered abroad. They that were scattered abroad went everywhere. Everybody say went. Preaching the the word. So how did God get them out of their comfort zone? He sent them persecution. 
He sent somebody. God used a vessel, a tool, if you will. Somebody, just like he used locusts in the Old Testament, God can tell a, a worldly leader to go do whatever his bidding is so that it can cause his people to be scattered. That's exactly what he did. Because he wanted this gospel scattered and they all wanted to kind of stay in their little cocoon and just stay at home. We can't do that. We gotta go out. They went. They, they misunderstood what went meant. We don't, I went to church. Well, it's not good enough. But when you went to work, did you tell anybody about Jesus? I know I'm different, but, you know, if you knew what I knew about Jesus, if you knew how much he loved you like he loves me and he took me and delivered me out of all this stuff, you'd you'd be loving Jesus and you'd be where I am right now. If you only knew. But we're afraid to do that, aren't we? <laughs> we might get persecuted, laughed at, mocked. Oh, that religion stuff, that's 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 for wimps. Right? That what they say? That's what they'll say. Oh, you believe in all that? They will say that. Are you willing to say, absolutely I do? Would you like to know more? Stand your ground. I'm not, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. That kind of needs to be our mantra sometimes. I don't care what, what is that saying? I don't care what they say, Sister Bell. I don't care what they do. I don't care if they spit in my face. I don't care if they punch me out. It's not about that. Think about what Jesus went through. <laughs> they way more than punched him out and spit in his face. Among That was a few of the things they did to him. And if we're not willing to go through that for the gospel's sake, what did Paul say? He talked about all the stuff that happened to him, and then he said this, but none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear to myself. But this one thing I do, looking forward, I, I press toward the mark to the high calling of Christ Jesus. And nothing else matters. Who you are, your personality, your none of that should matter. Amen? Moses tried to draw back from being God's spokesman. That's what we really do. We we pull a Moses when we say, you know, you know, that's not my personality. And isn't that what kind of Moses, what he did? You know, God, I kind of have a, I stutter. And, you know, I think about that sometimes. Here's Moses who was raised with the best education and the best everything. He was raised in Egypt in the king's house. He was He, he grew up with the Pharaoh that he went back and said, let my people go. They were half-brothers together. He had the best education. He had the best everything. And he had the, the gall to stand there and say, I don't know, God. I, I know that you came and talked to me in the mountain with the burning bush and all that, but I just I don't know if I can do this. I stutter too much. I'm thinking, what? <laughs> this guy that was raised and had the best of everything? Give me a break. I don't know if he stuttered. Maybe he did. I don't know. But I, I think of that. I'm like, you had the best of everything. They probably had people that could teach you not to stutter. I don't know. 
Because they were, you know, it was Pharaoh's house. They just brought in whoever they, you know, hey, help my son not stutter. You, over there, go do it. You know, that's how they were. But Moses kind of got in trouble with God for saying, I don't know, God, uh, I'm kind of weak and wimpy, and I don't know if I can do it. That's kind of what he was, that's how God was hearing it. Because God got really mad, got really upset with him. Fine, fine, I'll send your brother. You know, but you're not getting out of this, Moses. You're going to be the deliverer. And we're not getting out of this. I don't want it to be said of me that I took my talent and buried it. That I didn't go forth and just tell people. Yeah, people aren't going to want to hear it. Move on. Right? If they don't want to hear it, somebody else in that workplace is hungry. They want it. I'll never forget when I was in overseas and, and when I first got in church, I was a new convert and there was this guy that worked in my office and I finally got up the nerve like two months after being around this guy every day, finally got up the nerve to say something to him about, you know, come to church or something. I can't remember what it was. And you know what he said to me? He said, man, it's about time. No lie. He said, it's about time. I've been waiting for you to come and say something to me. I know there was something different, and I've been hungry, and I wanted you to say something, and you wouldn't. And, I mean, you talk about conviction right there. Oh, my God. And I had felt the Lord telling me to do it, and I'd just been pulling a Moses and shying away from it, you know, and just saying, ah, maybe maybe next week. I'll, I'll be bolder next week. And then the next week I'll be a little more bolder. I just kept pushing it back when I should have just said something all along. I should have just listened to God, but that's how we learn. And so God sends us around people to say stuff, and we just sometimes that's just got to say it. We got, we can't sit there and dwell in our minds of, hey, this, how's this going to sound if I say this? Maybe, maybe it's your boss <laughs> that he might have you say something to, and you're thinking, if I say this to my boss, what's he going to do, you know? Nothing if God sent you to say it. Right? Second Corinthians three, chapter one, or excuse me, chapter three, verse one. Second Corinthians three, one. Do we begin again to commend ourselves? Or need we as some others epistles of accommodations to you or letters? Of commendation from you. Ye are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. This is talking about our testimony. This is what Paul is telling them. You're our epistle. Uh, Paul's saying, I can't be there, but you're there. You're our epistle. Written in our hearts, known and read of all men. Everybody's reading your life. They know there's something different about you. Every day that you walk in the room in that place where you go to school or where you go to work or when you stand in line at, at the store or wherever, they know. They just can't explain it. But they feel it. They feel the... Anybody ever felt the power of God before? Anybody besides me. We And when the first time you felt that, you know, you looked around and thought the air conditioner was kicking on, but it was the middle of winter. So that wasn't the air conditioning. 
but you felt the presence of God around you. And you can you knew that was something. It had to be God. Right? And so we get we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now God's dwelling in us and walking around with us. Don't you think people feel that? When we're walking with God and we have a prayer life and we're we have a consecration in our life and we're walking in the Spirit, people feel that. And God plants us in places. He puts us at jobs. And He sends us places sometimes where we're like, I wasn't going to even go there. But I just felt something telling me to go there. So you go there and there's this person that says something to you and you're like, wow. I'm glad I listened to whatever that was. That was God telling you to go there. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not in ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart, and such trust have we through Christ to Godward. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves. It's not us. It's not, you're not, it's not your own effort. It's not your own strength. It's not your own intellect, how smart you are, or any of that kind of stuff. To think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. It's Him that works through us, who, who also hath made us able ministers. Everybody say, that's me. Only two people said that. Of the New Testament. Not from the letter, but the Spirit of, but, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. The letter of the law. We, we can't run around quoting a bunch of rules and regulations to people. They aren't going to listen. But they will respond to that love of Jesus Christ that we shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, won't they? They don't understand it. They don't understand it. No, there, I'm, I, there's a guy that I work with that I am making small little baby steps of progress with him. Just a little here and a little there. I'm just feeding him a little bit and a little bit to see where he's at. And he asked me, what are you doing this weekend? They're always asking me that. (laughs) Like I'm going to say that I'm, I don't know, whatever. Well, I said, well, I'm covering for my pastor who's out of town. So I'll be, before I could even finish, oh, so you're bringing the sermon? I said, yep. Wow. So... And he didn't know that up till Friday. He just knew that I was the guy that had a Bible on my desk. And so, you know, when you're fishing, you got to use wisdom. <laughs> right? Anybody, any fishermen? You got to use wisdom sometimes. You just, you, you, there's certain, certain things you use in certain kind of water that won't, that'll work that the other stuff won't work. Right? I'm not a fisherman, but that's right. Right? Somebody correct me if I'm wrong, please. Or hunting, you know, you, you got, there's certain things you got to do. You got to, you got to cover your scent, you know, and if it's rut season, you got to have, you, you might want to have a rag on your shoe with some of that stuff on there that draws the males, right? Am I right? This is kind of basic. <laughs> Not really a hunter either, but, and so, you know, we, we got it. God's given us opportunities, you know, but we just don't want to rush in there. You know, only fools rush in. That's not in the Bible, but that's, that's, that's a good saying. 
They do. Only fools. You got to be careful. You got Bible says, be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. You got to go at God's speed. And sometimes God will tell you to just shut up. He will. Because <laughs> especially me, my tendency is to want to talk. So I have to listen to God and say, okay, let them talk. Shut up. Because they'll, they'll reveal what's in their heart. And when they start doing that, then you can see where to go and what, you know, so. You know, we got, we do have to listen to God in, in this stuff. And I'm about to bring this to a close this morning. Uh, the last scripture this morning is that uh, same scripture that we just read, only I'm going to read 2 Corinthians 3, 5, and 6 in the Amplified. I don't know if you can get that up there or not, but I'm going to read it in the Amplified, 2 Corinthians 3, 5 through 6. And I know we have that on. There we go. Oh, not yet. I think there's an amplified version on it. There we go. Not that we are fit, qualified, or sufficient in in ability of ourselves to form personal judgments or to claim or count anything as coming from us, but our power and ability and sufficiency are from God. He has equipped every single one of us that have received his spirit and his name. It is he who has qualified us, making us to be fit and worthy and sufficient as ministers and dispensers of a new covenant of salvation through Christ, not ministers of the letter of the legal written code, but the spirit for the code of the law kills, but the Holy Spirit makes alive. So, yeah, we are his ministers, but we are, his ministers, not our own. And so every one of us is a minister, and every one of us has the same baptism of the Holy Ghost, and every one of us has the same ability to listen to God and let God lead us and, and direct us and point us in the right direction. And And I call those names of all those people that I work with every day on my way down I-90, and I call each one of their names out, and I ask God to give me an open door. And he knows which ones are are going to be hungry and which ones aren't. So I'm letting him be the one to lead me. But it doesn't stop me from praying for them. And, you know, even when I'm there, I'm, I'm walking between buildings and I'm praying in between buildings when it's just me walking by myself. I don't know what he's going to do, but I just want to be sensitive and know when I need to make a right turn or go, you know, do whatever. Because he'll direct us. He'll direct us. You know, Paul... In the old, in the New Testament, he went to go to a certain city and the Holy Ghost said, nope, not going there. I want you to go over here to Macedonia. The Holy Ghost stopped him from going to a city. So sometimes we get it in our mind that we're going to do a certain thing and it's all in good intentions and our motives right and everything, but God says, no, 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 that's not my plan. I want you to go over there. So we got to be sensitive to that. We got to be willing to do what that says, and they went. God didn't call us to this truth. God didn't bring us to this point in our walk with God. God didn't bring us to an altar of repentance. He didn't draw us and bring us to that place to to, to tell us to just go have a seat. Did he? No? Because what is the Great Commission? Sister Linda? What is it? All the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. Making disciples of men. Making disciples 
takes time. Right? Jesus went to the water and he called those men. Leave your boats and come and follow me. He went to the tax collector. Go, come and follow me. And what did each one of those dudes do? They dropped their nets and they went with Jesus. They went. They got out of their comfort zone. They left their comfort zone and they went and did what? They did something that was out of the ordinary, that was unique, that was like, I don't know where where we're going here, but I'm going to follow him because I just feel like I have to. Right? And God's not always going to give you like an airline itinerary about every little detail of your trip. He's not going to do that. If you're really trusting God, it's like I said last Sunday, he's going to take you to the edge of a cliff and say, and you're going to, all you're going to see is fog and he's going to say, just step out. And you're going to go, but I can't see where I'm going to, I can't see how deep it is. It doesn't matter. That's not what I asked you. I asked you to step out. Right? You got to trust him. He'll give you enough light for the step that you're taking and no light beyond that sometimes because if you knew, you might not go. But he needs you to go there. He needs you to trust him. Let's all stand in this place. Last statement I'm going to make and then we're just going to pray. The same command that he gave to his disciples in that room on that day, those 11 guys, that same command is still ringing in the air today. And it still reaches out to us today. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. So that same command was not just to those 11 guys, but it because Jesus is God and because God doesn't know space and time and because he knows the end from the beginning of a thing, he was already saying that to us before we were ever born. So that statement that he made to those guys was for us. And what those guys did is what we have to do. We have to go. And all I want to say to you this morning is, and this is what God said to me, let it be said that we went. Right? What what an awesome thing to put on your stone. She went. He went. Right? What a what a conversation piece for somebody else standing in the graveyard. What does that mean? Well, let me tell you. Right? The Tolsteads, they went. Right? Paul Dennis, he went. He left Ohio and against the the, the wishes and the and the and the advice of all of his friends, he went. He said, God's calling me to that country. I don't know why, but I'm going. And he went. Thank God he was there. Because I wouldn't be here if he hadn't have been there. Thank God he went. Amen.